Hello and welcome to the Global Fleet Management Voices video series produced by Automotive Fleet Magazine. My name is Ralph Morton and I am the UK and European editor for Global Fleet Management. This video series is designed to spotlight key leaders in fleet management. Today, I have the honour to interview Gareth Thomas, Head of Business Development at Project EV, one of the UK's leading electric vehicle charging companies. Thank you for joining us, Gareth. Thank you, Ralph. Thank you uh, for the opportunity to speak with you today. Good. So let's start our discussion by explaining Project EV's role in the electrification of UK fleets. Well, Project EV are a manufacturer of EV chargers. We uh, sell into the fleet domestic and commercial space, and we offer a range of AC and DC chargers that can also be supported by our parent uh, company, which is Project Better Energy, um, with solar and battery solutions. Okay. So now we know what uh, Project EV's role is within uh, uh, fleet electrification. What should fleets consider when evaluating provision of charging facilities at, say, depots or offices? Well, there's a number of things that, uh, that you will need to consider. Um, first of all, it, it's really what you're looking to try and achieve. So the number of EV chargers will, will have a significant impact and factor on how much it will cost and the sort of work that's needed and also the power that is needed to actually um, make the chargers work. Um, so you need to uh, really be looking where you want to locate the chargers. Uh, nothing really tells your staff and customers uh, that you're embracing decarbonisation by having chargers within business of parking. Um, within that, you then also need to work with your installation partner to really identify location. Uh, the further the chargers are away from the, the main electricals of the building, it's more than likely the, the higher the cost is going to be. And you also need to ensure that you're planning for the future. Um, if, if you don't have uh, enough power on the actual site, then you need to go through your, your DNO, your local distribution network operator, to ensure that you're then future-proofing um, and also making sure that the actual location has, a, has enough capacity for your fleet park, not only uh, now, but in 12, 24 or 48 months' time. That's really helpful uh, to, to help um, fleets understand what they need to consider. Now, we were just having a chat before we came on air and we talked about some fleet misconceptions, uh, particularly around charging times. Uh, perhaps you could explain what you mean by you can't beat the OBC. Uh, yes, the, the, the OBC or the onboard charger. Well, the OBC is the part of, a, of, a, of, a, of an electric vehicle that converts the AC power into the DC charge that the vehicle's battery requires. Ultimately, that is the, the fast charging element of the vehicle, not the rapid charging element. The OBCs can vary on, uh, on vehicles. Typically, they range from 7 kilowatts, 11 kilowatts, and 22 kilowatts. Uh, and the vehicle's OBC is the maximum AC power that it can take, meaning if you have a 7 kilowatt onboard charger, no amount of swearing at the actual uh, at a charger, especially if it's a 22 kilowatt, will give you any more than a 7 kilowatt charge. Now, why is this important? Well, for many drivers, it will actually have very limited impact on their overall driving and charging of the vehicle. They're more than likely to have a seven kilowatt charger at home, uh, which will more than ensure that your vehicle is 100% charged overnight and ready to be used the next day. Where a larger OBC could be considered important is with the commercial electric vehicles, including taxi and private hire uh, vehicles as well, that rely on workplace or public charging. Typically, a seven kilowatt charger will add between 20 to 25 miles per hour of range onto the battery. 
whereas a 22 kilowatt most likely charge at 11 kilowatts um, as that's probably the next stage up that most vehicles will have um, OBC would charge at between 40 to 50 kilowatts uh, per hour so that's a significant amount of charge especially if your business is your vehicle is your business's lifeblood so for example finding a supermarket that has both AC and DC chargers um, but spotting that a vehicle that can only take seven kilowatts at a max um, in the 22 kilowatt bay can be frustrating, especially as on most occasions, the reason for this is that the actual driver has a lack of knowledge about the onboard charger. So there's so much learning and development that uh, dealers and manufacturers and even installers can impart on the customer when uh, providing a charging solution to them. Well, thank you for that, Gary. So that's that's really important to understand the difference between uh, AC charging and, and DC charging, because if you're at 150 kilowatt DC charger, hopefully your car will accept that that rate. But it's only at the AC uh, chargers that the OBC issue come, comes to light. So well, not necessarily. So sorry. Oh, no, no, go on. Um, well, with DC chargers, it's also similar to AC charging. Your car will still have a maximum ability to charge at DC. You can have a car that can charge at 200 kilowatts. Uh, so when you're plugging into a 150 kilowatt DC charger, you should be able to take the full amount of charge. Or equally, you could have a car that only will charge at a maximum of 50 kilowatts DC. So again, plugging into a 150 kilowatt ultra rapid charger, your car will only be able to receive the 50 kilowatts. Ultimately, the car is the starring in all of the charging as it, it dictates and manages the rate of charge it can take on both AC and DC. Okay, Gareth, look, that's really important information for any, uh, for any company looking to electrify their, their, their fleet and what sort of company cars they should choose. Talking of which, Gareth, for fleets wanting to start the electrification process, what would be your five top tips? Well, first of all, I'd say that you need to really present to the staff the significant benefit that can come from moving to a full electric vehicle policy within the, within the business. And that can include um, taxation. So if it's a company car, there should be a considerable saving um, in, your, uh, in, your, in, your in the tax that you'll pay. Um, there is also a reduction here for the individuals and the company's carbon footprint, and also the cost of fueling a vehicle. Um, if you're charging at home, despite the fact we are seeing you know, rising energy prices at both the pump and, uh, and through the utility companies, it is still likely to be cheaper to be able to uh, fully charge your vehicle um, than actually fuel it with, uh, with petrol or diesel. Uh, the other thing you need to do in my mind is really work with an EV charging partner that will deliver sessions to the staff to help um, myth bust concerns that they might have. And, and that can include what the range of the vehicle is, um, so range anxiety, destination charging. Yes, you can charge at home, but if you're doing significant miles on, on once, twice uh, or in a week, um, you need to be able to work out where you're going to charge at your destination. And also if you're potentially going to be having two electric vehicles at home as well. Um, I'd also recommend that you identify the drivers within the business that will be EV promoters. So those that really will be um, able to allow you to support the staff in that transition to, to, to BEVs. Um, support them by ensuring that you know the key apps that are needed to be downloaded um, and other tricks that come within charging your, your vehicle as well. Also, appreciate and accept that there will be some drivers that have objections. So you need to work with them. Uh, and that could be down to, uh, for example, location uh, that they live or parking arrangements at home. You know, not every employee will live in a house and not every employee will have a drive. Some employees may have a valid reason for not 
wanting to park their company vehicle, be it a car or a van, on their drive. They could have somebody that has uh, limited mobility, so they need to have that car parked on the drive regardless. And then also work with your leasing provider or, or OEM um, to have some demos at, at the key office locations um, to allow the drivers to familiarize themselves with the with the, uh, the the battery electric vehicles. You know, car manufacturers are really ripping up the design book with electrification and new models are either like nothing we've ever seen before or embracing retro looks. So you really need to get the, uh, the drivers on board to really experience those vehicles before the order's placed and they're excitedly waiting for delivery of their car um, within the next three, six or 12 months. Gareth, look, thank you for that. That's uh, really helpful information for fleets wanting to make the move into uh, electrification and decarbonize their businesses. Unfortunately, we've reached the end of our allotted time. So thank you once again, Gareth, for taking the time to share your views on fleet electrification with global fleet management readers. Brilliant. Thank you, Ralph. Thank you for affording me the opportunity. <laughs>